right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Our pleasure right now to head out to the desert at one Tim Murray on the X. Joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line from VEASAN's game night. He is Tim Murray, good enough to give us some time, as he does each and every Friday. What's happening, Tim? Scotty, it is the uh, the proverbial calm before the yes, storm. Yes, baby. It is, uh, it's not too crazy yet. Okay. I was... Uh, you know, just kind of taking it in last night down at where my studio is, which is downtown, and then I actually did something that I haven't done really in quite some time. Took a little peek on my drive home at the Strip. Just, uh, just nothing too crazy, but you right. saw the sets being built oh, and all wow. of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's about to be on, baby. It is. Uh, it's about to. It's about to get real out here in Vegas. Well, listen, you've been out there for how many years now? Three, four years. Uh, a little over three, yeah. Okay, so have you? What, what's like the biggest event they've had since you've been out there? Uh, I guess I'd have to say that the Grand Prix. Okay, um, it was more of a pain in the butt than anything. <laughs> um, right. You know, we've had. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Vegas is synonymous for UFC. Right. Right. Uh, we've had. Uh, we had the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight out here. Uh, I'm trying to think bigger events. I mean, heck, we had Tay Tay. You know, come on, we yeah. had Tay Tay for yeah. for two weeks for two nights. Um, but you know, um, yeah, I would say the biggest one was just the Grand Prix because of just everything that went into it. I don't know if it brought the most people out here. Um, what will be interesting, Scott, is you know the Super Bowl weekend has always been huge for Vegas. It's right. always been. I think it's the second or third biggest weekend in Vegas every year. Um, the the biggest weekend, uh, you want to guess what it is? The biggest weekend for Vegas, is it that weird festival where the kids come dressed up and they go to those concerts and they get tripping out on acid? <laughs> well, I was there for that. I was there for that, and I don't remember what it's called. Wow. I forgot it. I wow. was there by accident for that. What is it called? Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I don't, and I'm kind of glad I don't. Um what the hell? My wife and I were there because we were. I was there for a boxing thing for it's HBO. An, yeah, it's uh, the, it's an EDM concert. Yes, yes, yes. And it was so weird. We're like, what is going on here? Why are people dressed up like in these it's called, costumes? It's called, I think it's called the EDC Festival. Yes, yes. Anyway, they do it, they it was do it a up. freak show. It was hilarious, yeah. though. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, <laughs> people, you should see the traffic for that yeah. thing. So it happens up at the Speedway, which is oh, way yes. the hell out yeah, of town. Yeah, like, yeah. It is. If you're driving from... Vegas to Utah, you drive up past the speedway, and it's way up there, like a good 20, 25 minutes outside of town. But that's where that EDC is. There are people, plenty of people, who have a lot more money than me who take helicopters from Vegas to that thing because the traffic is just out of control. But, uh, no, the biggest weekend of the year is the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's become huge. Uh, You know, uh, I mean, I guess – you know, I guess that was from a – I don't know if that was just from a sportsbook perspective. Right. But that's become huge. Um, and then the first week of the uh, NFL season is enormous. Uh, and then the Super Bowl weekend is is obviously become massive. So we'll see, man. It's it's going to be fun. Um, you know, Radio Row is going to be down uh, at Mandalay Bay. Uh, I was <laughs> – I was I was laughing a little bit. Uh, the uh, the media hotels. If anyone's ever been to Vegas, uh, the Luxor. Yes. And and then uh, the Luxor is now sold out, which currently looks like a giant Dorito chip. And uh, they are now headed to uh, the one that. Oh my God! I'm I'm skipping on the next name to Mandalay or no? Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like the. Um, it looks like a big castle 
Uh, why am I? Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's right there. They're right next to you. I stayed at Luxor yeah. for, and it was the EDC, is what it's called. Yeah, EDC. Yeah, and it's so weird. Yeah, it's in May. Oh, man, it's, it's it's over the motor speedway, like you said. So bizarre. But but anyway, I'm so glad uh, I could relive that memory. Uh, we're here with Tim Murray. Um, so so let's talk prop bets. All right, let, let's get to some yeah. props here. Um, I see that these these Super Bowl Fifty Eight props. Of course, Taylor Swift is involved with many of them. I mean, what, what's what's the value in the prop bets? Is it really just for fun? I mean, it, can you really make any money off these prop bets? So it's a great question because it's it in Vegas, and and I you have to realize prop bets are very can be numerical right in in order for them to become a prop it has to be something that can't that nobody can know the outcome so what i mean by that is you could get really creative cross sport prop bets where like steph curry scores points versus isaiah pacheco's longest rushing yard or rushing right. attempt or something like that the prop bets that everyone wants to talk about scott you can't bet here so if you're coming to town you can't bet <laughs> Anthem length, you can't bet Usher's first song. You can't bet will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift. Those are things you actually cannot bet in the state of Nevada and, and a lot of legalized sports books. A lot of these things that you'll see, the bet online's of the world. I saw, you know, Bet Online, which yeah. is an offshore uh sports book, so they don't have regulations. I saw them uh they put out something here it is will what will jason kelsey do first expose his man boobs or <laughs> chug a beer and here to your question about can you make money off of these right. off of that bet no right, you, the right. limit's probably like 50 bucks or 25 bucks it's it's all for uh exposure right it's 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 hey Literally. you know yeah, you know, and and you you know I bet you you're you and I get to similar emails. Like I got an yeah. email the other day from someone from an offshore account telling me about all the Taylor Swift prop bets yep. that they have. What you can actually bet on, which is regulated. So a shop here in town, Stations Casino, sent me a note uh, earlier this week, and they said, "Hey, we put up a prop. It is Travis Kelsey versus." number of platinum albums Taylor Swift has. Essentially, it's just a creative way to bet into the Travis Kelsey receptions prop. So right, right. she has 10 platinum albums. So 11 or more was like plus 450. For him to have exactly 10, I think it was like plus 360. And then the heavy favorite was under you know 10. So yes, there are ways in, prop, in the prop market the the true prop market, Scott, absolutely. You know there is uh there are ways to to make money for sure when it comes to your typical prop markets. Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, uh, Brock Purdy rushing yard, anything you can imagine. Because it's the Super Bowl, you can bet on almost anything out there from a numerical standpoint. But to your question about the 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 crazy props the the you know the the Taylor Swift props the Reba McIntyre anthem length props all that you can't make money on those all right let me ask you this um right now what are most of the casinos putting this line at with sports books putting the yep. line at right now uh with, with this game two 
Uh, two okay. points. Forty uh, ers are two point okay. favorite. Uh, pretty much across the market, um, we saw this open two and a half. The look ahead market. So you could have bet into the Super Bowl uh, championship weekend. There were there were numbers out there for all the p- potential matchups, and most books had San Francisco as a three point favorite against the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you were uh, ahead of the game, you could have got a, a good number there. So we saw a little bit of adjustment towards. You know, San Francisco either taking a step back or Kansas City taking a step forward, however you want to determine it. Uh, but it's down. it was down as low as one and a half, one uh, earlier this week. Seen a little buyback towards uh, towards San Francisco. Early reporting out there from most shops that they've seen more Kansas City money than San Francisco money, and I, that doesn't surprise me uh, considering of, you know, what we've seen so far from Patrick Mahomes this postseason him as an underdog, readily known, 10-1-1 ATS, 9-3 and three straight up as an underdog. Um, you know, obviously he's been an underdog twice in this postseason. Three of the last four postseason games, if you want to include the Super Bowl from a year ago, they have obviously won all of those games. Uh, so early, uh, early action uh, from a sharp perspective, I guess would lean a little bit San Francisco. Uh, but my guess is, Scott, when we talk this time next week, I think it will be probably one, one and a half. I think we'll see a little bit of movement towards Kansas City. Uh, and I think over. I think at the end of the day, I think the books will want, from just a Super Bowl perspective, not including what their futures market is like, I think most books will be cheering for the favorite come next Sunday. All right. Uh, as far as the over/under, has that had much movement, or has it pretty much stayed steady? Yeah, pretty much stayed steady as well. That's uh, forty-seven and a half. DraftKings dropped it to forty-seven uh, earlier this week, but uh, pretty much that has been relatively steady uh, from from a total perspective. There there were a couple forty-eights out there; those got scooped up. Uh, but I think ultimately, if you're looking to bet San Francisco and the under. I would just wait, to be honest, because I think more uh, over money is going to come in. Uh, it always does. We'll see. I, I would imagine books will touch 48. Uh, I don't know if we'll get 48 and a half. 48 is a key number uh, from a total perspective. But I think uh, I think if you want to bet under, uh, go ahead and, and wait. Um, I know everyone wants to bet as soon as possible, but right. you know we got got to remember the majority the the Super Bowl is one of the few events where the public actually has its say. You know, if you ask odds makers, they will move just based off of the sheer volume of uh, of bets that are coming in. Normally, it's sharp money that is is going to manipulate the market and, you know, for the most part, this is the final this is the final football game of the year. The market is pretty darn sharp. So, you're going to see a lot of the sharp guys betting into the prop market that they find themselves having an advantage. You know, last night the Westgate Superbook here in town uh, released all their prop bets, and, uh, you know, there were plenty of sharp guys there trying to, uh, you know, maneuver that market as opposed to this game uh, where, you know, this is this is a line that's been set, you know, and uh, I think most people feel like it's probably a pretty accurate line. All right. Um, this weekend, Duke Carolina, you got any thoughts on that? Oh, man. How about this weekend, just real quickly, sure. just from, from a Duke-Carolina perspective. Uh, if you like college hoops, man, this is your type of weekend. You've got Houston at Kansas. That's a top-10 mm, matchup. That is you've great. got Duke-UNC, top-10 matchup. And then you've got Tennessee-Kentucky, 
top 10 matchup. And hell, even a late night, I mean, I know both these teams are a bit of a uh, Gonzaga more so than St. Mary's, but that's always a great rivalry. Sure. Got Gonzaga-St. Mary's late night at the kennel. Gonna be a really good weekend, uh, you know, in the state of Virginia. How about uh, VCU-Richmond? Should be a fun one uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow afternoon. But uh, Carolina opened up as a uh, five-point favorite, it looks like, at DraftKings. So uh, North Carolina, of course, coming off the loss against Georgia Tech on the weekend, uh, or excuse me, earlier this week, kind of in a look-ahead spot there. So uh, no real opinion on that one. One that is interesting to me, Kansas is an underdog at home. Yeah. And a buddy of mine, uh, college basketball handicapper Jim Root, he's, he went and looked it, up, looked it up, Scott. Do you know how many times in the last 30 years that Kansas has been a home underdog? I, I wouldn't think many. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, what, five, ten times tops? I don't know. Three. Three? Yeah. This will be yeah. the third time. Yeah. Wow. December 4th, 96. Okay. They played Cincinnati. They were a one-and-a-half-point dog. They won. And February of 2021, they played Baylor, four-and-a-half-point dog. They won. So it, it feels a little bit like Admiral Akbar telling us it's a trap, but, yeah. man, not taking points with Kansas at home is uh, – is is quite the uh would I feel like a dummy if uh that one didn't come home. Another one tomorrow that uh that intrigues me. St. John's in a bit of a rut here, uh but they're hosting number 1 UConn. The Garden sold out. Wow. Man, a lot of a lot of good Big East vibes tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Fox at noon. I think I might have to take a a stab at the Johnnies plus four and a half there. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, should be a great day. I appreciate it, Tim. Uh, next week, we'll talk about the real thing. Uh, the yes, sir. One. All right, have a good weekend at one, Tim Murray. By the way, it's the Electric uh, Daisy uh, Carnival Festival that we're trying to figure out. <laughs> You're not you want me to... Yeah. Do you want me to save you a spot next year? I mean, uh, I, I I get yeah. you the hookups, I mean, I, I Scotty. I want to go. I just got to get the right costume. You know, your your knowledge right about guy. this is shocking. Yeah. A little know, bit. Listen, we were just there. We fell into it. And we had to learn about it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Right. Have a good weekend. I fell, fell into it. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see you uh-huh. later, dude. Uh-huh. Right. See you, man. <laughs> have a good one. Yeah. It was, uh, it was quite a it was kind of spectacle. Not a, I'm like, why are all these people in costume again? What is going on here? Backpacks of liquid in their. Uh, I'm a little scared right now. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. It was interesting. Yeah, Electric Daisy Carnival. Look it up. Google it. You'll have fun, kids. All right. Um, Tom Brady was he really almost a 49er? Uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. Before I get into this, uh, Tom Brady to the 49ers uh, stuff that came up a few weeks ago when Brock Purdy. Said he was almost replaced by the Hall of Famer in the offseason. Well, soon to be Hall of Famer in the offseason. Uh, let's do this. Let's give away a pair of tickets to see Australian Pink Floyd uh, coming up at Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion on Friday, June 28th. Tickets uh, on sale right now. They went on t- sale this morning at pavilionconcerts.com. Uh, let's get caller number two at 757-687-9494 on the Bally Who's phone line, 757-687-9494. Operators are standing by. Actually, in this case, it's James. All right, so here's what John Lynch had to say. Um, about this on something called the I test for two podcast, Clark judge and Ira Kaufman do it out of the Bay area and <clears throat> Brock Purdy about 17 days ago made the comment about how, you know, Tom Brady, they had p- planned to pursue Tom Brady for 2023 in San Francisco. Here's what Lynch had to say says now Kyle and Purdy have a lot of conversations and you have to understand, I think the context 
He says, I don't know exactly when the conversation took place. Kyle and I haven't talked about it, but the context of it was Brock got hurt in the NFC title game, and everyone knows against Philly, and his elbow was not really in a good spot. And I think to look back, unbelievably, almost a miraculous recovery, he beat the timeline and all that. Goes on to say, when it first happened, we're really searching, like, what are we going to do at quarterback? We don't know if we're going to have Brock back. He said Trey Lance had been hurt as well. He kind of sustained a vicious ankle injury, and that didn't look really good. So we had to look at all of our options, and I think Kyle and Brock had some honest, very honest conversations. And at some point, he said, look, I guess the one way you're not the starter if you're healthy is if we get someone like Brady. And I presume that's what happened. But anytime you mention something like that, it's obviously going to make quite a story. Lynch, uh, you know, again, that was his version of it, although he doesn't know exactly what Purdy was talking about. And for some reason, (laughs) this is the kicker. I mean, this happened 17 days ago, and nobody in the Bay Area or anybody in pro football who's covered the 49ers has had the follow-up to Brock Purdy. I do know that Kyle Shanahan has flat out just refused to answer the question. But it is wild. Uh, that uh, Brock Purdy has not like been asked to like. Can you kind of explain that? You know, could you know? Could you please you know explain that to us, please? You know, could you can you give us some more details here, Brock, as to what exactly we're talking about here? But uh, anyway, no one has uh, no one has done that yet. So anyway, that's that was the version from one um, John Lynch today on this uh, or the other day of this podcast. So. For whatever that's worth. I think he would probably have more insight on it. But thanks thanks for that, John. I mean, they couldn't have gone wrong. I mean, Brady, I mean, you forget, Brady actually was highly productive last year. Now, at the end of the season, you know, in, in Tampa, they didn't have a whole lot of pieces around him left at that point. There's a lot of injuries. He was awful in that Cowboys game, in the playoff game. But you stick him into that 49er team that's as loaded for Bear. I mean, how would that have worked? I think pretty dang, pretty dang good, I think. Frankly, pretty dang good. It probably would have been uh, a home run had they done it. But Brock Purdy's had a pretty sweet year, too. See if he can cap it off by knocking off Michael Jordan um, is a big question. All right, 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up uh, via the uh, text line or the Valley Hughes phone line, 757-687-9494. Barry in Smithfield says, I finally got... A little relief. I watch Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh's end of the season press conference. John is sticking to they had a game plan and they thought it would work. It's not as simple as just running the ball. I'm not satisfied, but I have to move on. You don't have to move on, Barry. I've held losses for my entire life. You don't have to do you don't have to give it up this quickly. It's fine. I still relive um you know Super Bowl eighteen in my mind, how d- disastrous that was. But no, you don't have to, man. It's all right. You, you can hold on to it through the offseason. You can totally hold it through the offseason. Uh, by the way, Andy Young uh, texted me to say on the on the text line, yes, the the date the Electric Daisy Carnival. Yes, that's it. My friend went about 10 years ago. Thank you. Now, your friend probably has some great stories. Um, <laughs> if he went to this thing, he's probably got some stories. I mean, all I know, there was people walking around in costumes, uh, you know, not a lot of clothing in a lot of cases, and these little backpacks with, like, drinks coming out of them, sleeping all day. And it was weird, because, like, they'd come in at all hours of the night, and then they would be, like, gone, and then they would pop up, and then they're, like, the Uber. I mean, it was impossible to get an Uber, because of these uh, people. 
the ELC folks. It was nuts. Were you a bouncer at this event? You, you I might as well seem to know a no, lot about well, we this. We were there for this HBO <laughs> fight. You know, like you know how like the radio stations sometimes they send you on these course, fight things. Course, yeah. I don't even remember the fight. I didn't even go to the fight. Frankly, I just did all the preliminary interviews and all the crap. I mean, I think I went to the Grand Canyon today of the fight. But anyway, it wasn't anything great. But we did all that, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, these people are everywhere. Like, it was like, what is going That's on? That's wild. And it was just the same weekend, and one of the the uh, cab drivers, and this was actually a cab driver, not an Uber driver, said to us, he's like, this is the worst weekend in Vegas you could ever be wow. here. I was like, well, thanks. Thanks for that as we uh, get here a few days early. But it was weird, man. It was uh, It was something. So anyway, I'm glad we could relieve that with Tim because I was sure that was the biggest weekend. But again, he says it's the NCAA tournament. And I can understand that, too. Although nowadays... I can just go anywhere. I don't need to go to Vegas right. for it. Obviously, right. Vegas is better weather, but you know, I I could, for example, go to Rivers uh, and watch the games. That in, is in very a, true. In a sports book nearby, we're going to be there on Wednesday, so uh, maybe that's what we do when the tournament starts this year. All right, let's. Who's our winner, by the way, for our for Australian Pink Floyd? Tickets? That would be Bruce and Suffolk. All right, Bruce, congrats. Um, we have more tickets to give away, but again, if you wanted to go see Australian Pink Floyd, we gave away tickets for five straight days. Not our fault you didn't get them, uh, but you can go buy them at pavilionsconcerts.com. The other thing, uh, great great, great uh, suggestion here on the offensive coordinator front um, from my friend Gutlead in, uh, in, in, in um, South Carolina, who says, why not go get Australian Kyle Shanahan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow who would that be exactly i don't know is there a rugby offensive there coordinator could we could get like is there an offense to rugby or is it like give big guy ball nobody stops him you know what i mean like <laughs> is there a scheme to rugby i i mean i'm, I'm probably like insulting rugby my, guy. my wife played rugby i'll ask find out because it just feels like it's like okay if somebody can tackle you good luck you know what i mean you just have the biggest baddest people we get in a wedge it's like you know, 1900s football, you know, from the early yeah. days, the peanut helmets. I don't feel like there's a scheme involved, but maybe, but there's got to be something, I suppose. That and Australian rules football, I'm really not sure the difference of both of them, to be honest with you. They look very similar to me. But anyway, those guys are insane. They don't wear helmets. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they, they have torn ACLs and they keep playing. They, you know, got to just hit each other all over the place and there's no padding. I mean, it's, it's a different world, man. Anyway, I'd, I'd like to know that if there is an actual scheme. But if there is, again, maybe maybe that's who they go get. There you go. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, I forgot to ask Tim if there was any lines in the Pro Bowl. I'm sure there's not. But anyway, we'll get to uh, – it is the Pro Bowl weekend. I, what are they doing with the Pro Bowl now? I'm not sure. It's also this strange hockey all-star weekend. We try to make sense of what we're doing to all-star games. Coming up on the other side, Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham, Scott, your sports center. Brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. So uh, we got Dropkick Murphy tickets to give away here in the next hour, so be ready for those when we tell you to call. A um, pair of tickets. Tickets are on sale now, by the way, for that at Chartway. Comes up on Thursday, March 7th. All right, from the 757 um, afternoon, Scott and crew. Uh, so the NFL Pro Bowl event yesterday was very interesting and somewhat entertaining. But maybe you all can discuss what a joke it was for them to have a golf closest to the pin with football players who should not be holding a golf club in their hands. Some of the ugliest displays of golf I've ever seen. Have a great day weekend from uh, Paco and Chesapeake. Well, thank you. you. You have a great weekend as well. Yeah, and I think they, I think that's intentional, right? Like they get the guys. I remember John Allen last year. Had one of the worst golf swings I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, that has to be the reason. Yeah, I think it's intentional. 
I don't think like they get like you know like Tressway or somebody who's actually good at it hit the golf club. I feel like it's just people that are supposed to be intentionally bad at it. And there was this thing where um, Puka Nakua, the the Rams rookie receiver who was so awesome this year, he was like on a wakeboard trying to catch footballs, like catching football on a wakeboard, right? Like trying to balance himself and now, catch that football. That was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I'll admit. Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing's like, look, the Pro Bowl had become a joke, right? Like it, nobody wants to play it. Nobody wants to get hurt. The best players don't play in it. Um, for the best teams, at least, because they've got this little thing called the Super Bowl, right? Um, you know, so all that stuff going on is happening. And then, you know, they're, they're just like, okay, let's just make this flag football and have fun. And these guys will just kind of goof off at Disney World for a few days. And that's what we'll do instead. I don't hate that they're just, you know, pulling out of the, the actual tackle football park because you cannot make people in the offseason, be competitive about tackle football. Just, yeah, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. I kind of feel like all all all-star games have outlived their usefulness because there was a day and time in our lives where you had the American League and the National League and they never never saw each other until the World Series, right? NBA, um, you always had, you know, teams playing a couple times a year anyway, but, you know, the competitive nature of that has gone. There's just not the bad blood of the 70s and 80s and 90s anymore. No, no. Like, there's a lot of buddy-buddy. Nobody wants to ice anybody out. Nobody, you know, and it's like, it's just, you know, 180 to 170-something or other every year. Um, you know, the Pro Bowl was always bad. It was never really particularly good. I mean, one cool thing that ever anybody remembers in the last 20 years of the Pro Bowl was Sean Taylor jacking up the punter. Yep. And he got in trouble for it. I mean, that's all anybody remembers. The hockey thing is so utterly confusing right now. I was trying to. It's this weekend too. Have you have you seen this? What they do? So like they draft, and I can't. It's kind of funny, you know. Like the NBA did this for a while too, right? Hey, let's have so and so draft a team, right? Like pick a team, yeah. And then the and I didn't hate it with the NBA, but it's confusing because you don't know the rosters, right? Like you have to really pay attention to who's on whose team. Hockey's doing a similar thing, but then it's like this round robin deal or whatever. It's just it's it's very confusing, but it, but it's for again, it's for fun. So I get it. It's you know supposed to be reward all those kind of things, but. It's it's very convoluted. And, you know, the dumbest thing that happened in all these All-Star games, the history of All-Star games, of course, was when Bud Selig made the baseball All-Star oh, game yeah. mean home field advantage. It was so stupid. And this time it counts. Right, this time it counts. And it, it was so bad. And my my always, my always my biggest problem with that from, from the get-go was, but baseball is the one sport where they really truly don't pick the best amount of, like, best players. Right. Because right. you have to have a rep from every team. And some teams, frankly, don't deserve a rep. In the All-Star game. They're not among... Like, you're just picking the best of the best. Not to say that the fans voted correctly in these other sports either, but... I don't know. I, I just All the All-Star games are, like, whatever to me. But I will say, the baseball won, now that they've gotten back to, okay, it doesn't mean everything, but it is the one sport we can play it closest to, like, the real thing. Yes. You know what I mean? That it, is true. Now, it isn't real because you have guys in the outfield on a microphone, on a you know, <laughs> doing an interview during play and things like that, but... At least the baseball is, is the closest thing still. Uh, but with interleague play, it's lost its luster. The, again, I don't think any of the other sports were ever particularly great. And I do think there were some great NBA All-Star th- competitions over the years, whether it's three-point, slam dunk, you know, everybody deciding they're going to ice out a certain player, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. Bad, bad beefs, that stuff's fine. But, you know, what they're doing with um, 
with the NFL. I mean, it had been a farce anyway. Why not just really lean into the farce of it all and just have, hey, let's just do tug of war and whatever the hell else they're doing. Have fun. At least they're trying to do some of that fun stuff like the NBA did with the dunk contest, which is not what it used to be either, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, The three-point contest, that was always the the most fun part about All-Star Weekend for me, but at least the NFL is trying to do something Fun. fun other than the game because they know the game sucks. Yeah, no, they're, they're, again, I, I say they're trying. I'll I tell you what really probably changed for a lot of players. Remember, you probably remember this, um, Robert Edwards, the rookie from the New England Patriots. Oh, I do, yeah. Had a terrific season. They did his beach football game. He tears his freaking yep. ACL, the yep. Georgia Bulldog kid. So sad. I mean, it changed his entire career, right? Like that, The trajectory of his career changes completely from that. And it's just not fun. I mean, there was a day and time where – the actual NFL champion <laughs> would play the college champion in an all-star game. Wow. I mean, it was a day in time. That was a long time ago. They did stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, to what they're doing now, I, I totally applaud them for just leaning into the fun part because the game itself, nah, nobody cared. Nobody no, cared. No. Nobody cared. And so many guys pull out. And again, when you, the way they've sit, situ, situated it on the calendar now, the week before the Super Bowl, you've, again, eliminated the two best teams from having participants and most of those guys wouldn't play anyway to your point so it's and the last thing you want if i don't care who your favorite team is the last thing you want is to see one of your guys get hurt in the freaking pro bowl right because that would be ridiculous and that and depending on the severity of the injury that could really screw up the beginning of your next season and you're losing a good player obviously because they're in the pro bowl yeah no doubt so i'm i'm um no, I'm I'm okay with them doing the goofy stuff, and yeah, but Paco, you're right. The golf swings were so bad. That is horrible. They were so bad, but I think that's part of it. I guess I don't know. You do forget sometimes that like, um, just because guys are really good at some other sport, golf's so freaking hard. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at golf. This I mean, is why I don't play golf. It's it. Well, it, it'll drive you crazy. I mean, it'll absolutely drive you crazy. And even if you are a good golfer. Think about how you're you're just suddenly you can lose it. I mean, it happens all the time. This is true. Guys are playing great, and then they're not. Then you know, oh, they got the yips. They, they can't. They can't. Their short game sucks. They're they suddenly can't putt. They, you know, suddenly can't find the fairway. I mean, it just it is the sport that just it's torturous. There's no doubt. And these guys don't get a chance to put in the time for it. They do in the off season. Some do. Now the kickers and punters, man, they just tell themselves every time they play. Because you're like, wow, they're way too good for this for people that are supposedly have a full time job as a football player. But, you know, they're goofing around at practice, you know, working on their swings and crap mm-hmm. on the side field and getting out of there early. Because really, what, what kind of film is there for the place kicker? And what kind of film studies he really have to do? <laughs> None, really. <laughs> if you're seeing a returner come your way, you're already in enough trouble. Right, you're supposed to just get out of the way or go really low, one or the other. One or the other. Anyway, so good stuff, uh, Paco. Again, have a great weekend yourself as well. All right, we got some more text to get to. Andy, by the way, says that his friend that went to this Electric Daisy con- concert does have a lot of good stories. So I, I would I would suspect that. I feel like my, I've learned something today. I'm glad you have. And again, if you, I'm sure you know if you're bored, like a YouTube, like deep dive into this. I wouldn't let the kids be in the room, but you know something that you could do this weekend at some point. Um, from the 757, rumor has it that Jerry Jones was considering Jason Witten, the ex-Cowboy tight end, as a coach, but was talked out of it by someone, and I suspect that it's Stephen Jones. Source was not confirmed. Witten coaches the high school team in Texas. I can only hope uh, this is just for attention and shock purposes. Would not surprise me. Why wouldn't they? I thought they loved Witten. They did. Why would they not want him on the staff? 
I mean, clearly he can coach it. They might. I mean, it's not like guys have to prove it too much for us. I mean, Kerrigan, Ryan Kerrigan basically went from retired to on the Redskins staff in some capacity. Right. I, I don't – and I think this is part of the problem. And we have a, a guy who texts me a lot from the from Williamsburg, I think it is. It brings this up, right? That isn't it weird how, um, you know, how there are, there are certain – like position groups. Like if you have a receiver coach, it's never actually been a wide receiver. Yeah, that's At the tough. NFL level, it's kind of hard – to talk to an NFL player and relate that way. I'm not saying that everybody has to be that way, but I have heard that talking to players of the years, like, yeah, you kind of have a little bit more, like, your attention has gotten a little bit better. Doesn't mean they can teach it properly all the time or explain it. I mean, you know how this is. Just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you can explain it to everybody else and make right, them, right. you know, Michael Jordan can't make people be him, you know, or Magic Johnson or Bird, you know, or, you know, Bird and Magic obviously coached for a while. And I think this is what drove Larry Bird crazy, was like there weren't people like him you know, competitively or skill-wise. And it, you know, that's why he can only do it for a short period of time, you know, in di- different spurts. But, yeah, I, to me, if you could get somebody like that on your staff that was a great tight end or a great receiver and meant something to your franchise, it, I, I think those are only pluses. You know, there should be more of that. I mean, you think about the old uh, Joe Gibbs staff of the Redskins back in the day, the first go-around, the great staff. Charlie Taylor, Hall of Fame receiver at that time, was you know the franchise's leading receiver. Right, he, he's the guy who coached Art Monk, coached Gary Clark, and I mean those guys talk about him all the time. I hold him in high regard. I mean those those are great things. You know, Fred Bolitnikoff was was a wide receivers coach. You know, that's that kind of stuff is huge when you can do that stuff as well. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. It's good to bring those people back in your organization, and it doesn't mean every former player should be on your staff. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm a little surprised when teams are, I don't know, and the coaches don't lean into it more. don't understand that franchise history is weird to me. Uh, Breeze in the 757 says, you know who's got a really good golf swing? A fantastic golf swing? Seal. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I think that's five days or four days of Seal commentary and, and content on this show. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, are we ever going to survive? Or was that songs? I don't know. I don't even know. I need to get some I need to get up on my seal. Clearly. Just to have a combo with Breeze, apparently. All right, 757-687-9494. Hey, the Orioles have had a great week. We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson show here, prior to Auto Sports Radio. 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry Kingwall. All right, really good week for the Orioles. First they found out they're going to be sold to uh David Rubenstein in a group that includes, well, Cal Ripken Jr., Grant Hill, among others. And that was big news with uh, the Angelus family getting out of the mix there in Baltimore. But then yesterday, or last night, I should say, they found out that they are getting former Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns in a trade for the Brewers. And, you know, seems like they're getting off light, too. I mean, as much talent as the Orioles have in their farm system, especially here in uh, AAA with the Tides, they are just giving up Joey Ortiz, infielder, and D.L. Hall, left-hander, who was, uh, you know, had trouble with consistency in the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. Um, and if you're a Brewers fan, boy, how awful is that? <laughs> Just, I mean, you're supposed to win the, you know, the people are saying you're going to win your division or have a chance to, and then you're giving up Corbin Burns. Just uh, doesn't seem like you're giving up, you know, getting a lot in, as much in return as you could again uh, in this particular deal. Yeah, it's not great. Not great if you're a Brewers fan. He led the NL last year with 243 strikeouts in 202 innings, and 29-year-old was going to be a free agent. And again, a lot of this in baseball, as you know, is economics and was he going to stay, what have you. 
I like the fact that the Orioles are being aggressive here because they don't know if they're going to keep him either. Right. But they got a chance, at least, with new ownership, a real chance to do something uh, with him as well and keep him, assuming, of course, all that gets cleared before uh, next offseason. And, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it is baseball. They are a little bit slow at times uh, to do things. But now I think it uh, – boy – Seems like they made a really good deal without giving up in any way that uh, any of those top prospects they have, which is, is pretty enormous. Um, and uh, right now, that uh, is really good. You know, and Ortiz really has nowhere to play at this point, and it's kind of in Hall. Like again, can, not consistent enough. Is he going to meet reach his potential? Who knows at this point? So, if you're Baltimore, you got to love it. If you're Milwaukee, you got to be like, I don't know if this is a great move. This is as a good sign. We're just two weeks away from pitchers and catchers, and we're kind of waving the white flag in some regards. Now, the Brewers did recently sign Reese Hoskins, who I felt like this has been the slowest market ever in the offseason. I mean, everybody thought the floodgates would open after Otani's mm-hmm, deal. Right. And it's been like a drip. It's been a slow drip with what's happened this offseason in baseball. So they um, did the Orioles did, had a heck of a week. You know, they say, who had the best week? Who had the worst week? The Orioles uh, appear to have had the best week. In baseball, so Corbin Burns headed there, and you know, again, not a bad rotation suddenly either. I mean, this is the move you really wish they could have made last year, exactly coming yeah. down the stretch, right? But they, you know, they have uh, Bradish coming back, Grayson Rodriguez, who in the second halves, both of them had um, you know some of the best ERAs among American League pitchers, uh, which is good. Plus, you got John Means still back, who just got back. You got Wells. Um, who else am I thinking of, too? They have oh, Cream, Dean, Dean Creamer as well in that, in that staff. So suddenly they've got some depth there with um, a guy like Corbin Burns at the top of it. So big-time move by uh, Baltimore. And, again, not getting, not having to give up, you know, the, go to the mattresses too deep to do so. All right, 757-687-9494. We still have um, – man – we still have some people talk, talking about Seal on the text line. I got Mike in Suffolk now getting into the access. Are we ever going to survive unless we are a little crazy is the best song from Seal. Okay. I'll take you guys' word for it. I, yeah, definitely. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go ahead and I'll go with that, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know how the Seal stuff started. You can blame Breeze for that. It's all Breeze's fault. But it, it's continued, right? That's the thing that was pretty weird about it. Yeah, it has taken on a life of its own. I will say that. Yeah. Um, going back to what we were talking about the last segment about players and former players and staffs, um, 757 says, yeah, I fully agree on the staff for that type of experience, but not as a head coach. Um, yeah, he, he's revered like the old adage is, how do you breed success? Surround yourself with those people. Have a great weekend. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I didn't. So you're saying he was considering him as the coach. I thought you meant like as a, on the staff. No, 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 no. I knew oh, exactly what I, you meant. I'm sorry. I, I knew misunder- exactly what I you totally meant. misunderstood your text. I'm My apologies. I thought you meant like Jerry wanted to bring him on the staff and Stephen Jones stopped him. You mean as the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew exactly what he meant. That's awesome. And that would have been great. Gosh, why didn't that happen? Oh, I, I totally misunderstood that. I, I thought you were saying on the staff, not as the head coach. To replace McCarthy... After this failure of a season in the postseason with Jason Witten, that can't be real. Uh, even for Jerry Jones, I don't believe it. I don't know. It is Jerry who just traded for Trey Lance because he felt like it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I 
I listen as much as I like to club Jerry Jones and all things Cowboys when I can. I'm not you know I'm not denying that I I do I do that from time to time. There's no way Jerry Jones would trade in Mike McCarthy for for Jason Witten coming from high school. He couldn't do it. Romo, yeah, sure, but not but not uh, Witten. <laughs> okay, just kidding. No, I, there's no way. Absolutely no way. I mean, we're, we're talking about. You know, whether or not you go get Bill Belichick, and then you're going to tell me they're going to get some less experienced guy to get you over the top. No, that's, there's no way. No, no, no. I don't believe it for a second. Jarrah does love his guys, though. He does, but I don't know if he loves them that much. Listen, Jerry Jones has got so much power in the NFL. He got Jason Witten to be on Monday Night Football. That, that's all you need to know that's a good point. about how much power he has. All right, 757-687-9494, All right, we got a lot of Harbaugh content in the next hour. Jim on uh, Justin Herbert and also uh, John on the end of the year presser today and some things that just don't quite add up as we try to uh, go back to the scene of the crime, which was the AFC Championship game last week. We'll get into all that, but before that, Rick Doc Walker joins me, world champion, uh, UCLA Bruin as well. We'll talk uh, commander's hire of Dan Quinn on the other side, as well as a little Super Bowl. Scott Jackson, show priority auto sports radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Witham, Scott, your sports center.